Okay. All right. So let me share my screen. Let's go ahead and hop hop into this lesson here. Um, current slide. Nope, did it go? Okay, nope, it's sharing the wrong screen, I think. My controls went away. Hold on. Are you all seeing the PowerPoint or you're seeing another screen? Looks like it's another screen. Hold on. All right, let me try that one more time. It was the PowerPoint. It was? Okay. All right. All right. Cool. Okay. So um, this week we are covering um, interpretation. And another word for interpretation is hermeneutics. I know you all probably heard that term. Um, and so we're going to just do a very general um, teaching on hermeneutics because hermeneutics could get very difficult and very um, interesting. And so I just want to give you all just kind of a, um, a first level of hermeneutics. And also we're going to cover the topic, topical study method. Um, I believe in the face, Facebook family page, I told you all to read the thematic, but I put the wrong one down. I wanted you all to read the topical. And so the thematic and topical are kind of the same um, anyways, but the topical is more detailed. Okay, so um, since last week, I got a lot of grief about not doing a quiz. Everybody was really rooting for it. So I don't really like disappointing the people of God. And so this week, we got a quiz. Now, wait, wait, wait. Who was rooting for it? I, no. The saints was giving me all types of grief. So I was like, you know, okay. I think since we the chapter at the last minute got mixed up, we probably should <laughs> prolong the quiz until next week. <laughs> The same thing you probably noticed. They ain't even go look at the family page to see the change until this morning. So, but these are easy questions. You should you should know this. If you've been in the class these past three weeks, these uh these questions should be uh, a piece of cake. Okay. All right. Let's see here. Somebody tell me what are dispensations. We should know this because we've been throwing this word around for a long time now. I would say God's way of dealing with his people during a certain time. Okay, during a certain time, yep. So uh, dispensations are like economy of time, certain time, yep. Very good, okay, I'll take that, all right. Uh, how many dispensations are there out there according to the chart that I've given you all? Is it seven? Seven, yes. There's seven dispensations. I won't ask y'all to list them. I'll, I'll leave it just as that seven. So uh, what dispensation are we in now? Grace. The dispensation of grace. Yep. Um, and what does, is it, okay, are you all seeing the big presentation or my presentation's uh, angle? It's the big one. The big one, okay, because it's, it's saying something else on my end, so I was making sure. Okay, uh, what does dispensation say about God's revelation? God, he just, I'll give you a hint. God just, he doesn't give you, uh, according to scripture, he didn't give all of, about himself in one setting. How did he reveal yeah. revelation? Each, each revelation of God was rolled out progressively through the dispensation. Yeah. Progressive, yep. So in one dispensation, he revealed certain parts about himself and they are responsible for whatever God has revealed about them 
at that time. And so now we're in grace and God has uh, revealed all that he wants for us to know about him, okay? What is inspiration? I have here the doctor um, is uh, um, the doctor in Christian theology concerned with the divine origin of the Bible and what the Bible teaches itself. God breathed. God breathed, yeah. And then what after um, it was breathed and given to the to the prophets or apostles, what did they do with it? They wrote it down. They wrote it down. Yep, that's key right there. When it comes to inspiration, they wrote it down. So it's God giving uh, unholy people uh, his holy word, and they wrote it down, and that's how we got the scriptures. Yep, yep. so that's inspiration. They're, they were inspired to write it down. Yep. Um, what makes our Bible translation imperfect? Language. The language, yes. And we talked about how um, it was translated throughout history to various languages. And we lose a lot of uh, what the uh, Bible is literally saying. Um, but the, the, the precepts and the concepts are still intact. We have to remember that um, the principles that God wants for us to get are still intact. Um, and what version of the Bible is perfect, though? <clears throat> the original the original right the original manuscript that is the the perfect um, version of the bible okay and so we have um flaws in in our version but um since we have the holy spirit he is able to lead us to the mind of god so we can understand what god really meant when he when he gave the word in the very beginning okay all right I ain't do too bad. <laughs> so I make sure, you know, not to upset the people, to make sure to have a quiz every week to keep y'all on your toes and things like that. So <laughs> I'm in the process now of um, on the Bible Institute. I've been kind of this week kind of threw me off a little bit, but uh, on the Bible Institute page, I'm in the process of creating quizzes and things like that. So you can just go in and just do a self quiz to make sure that you know the information. So give me about uh, a week or two and that will be up and running for you all just to go in and do fill in the blank or multiple choice and things like that, okay? Does it send you the results of our test scores? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? No, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna set it to no, so, you know. So just oh, like, God bless your life. Practice. This is between you know? me and the Lord. Between right, 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 right. <laughs> All right. So, um, so this week is um, the last week that we're doing kind of a pre, kind of pre-topic, because as you notice, um, these past few weeks I've been adding like little topics um, to this to the uh, chapter summary. Uh, I mean, to the um, Bible uh, methods. And so, like the first week we did discipleship. Second week I talked about revelation, and then last week I talked about inspiration. And so this week we are going to talk about interpretation, um, which is uh, what we know as hermeneutics. Okay, the explanation of the text. Okay, and then next week we're really going to be hitting hard on these Bible study methods to make sure that we uh, know them and understand them. Okay, and so this week, like I said, we're doing interpretation. Okay, so the meaning of hermeneutics. Um, in its technical meaning, hermeneutics is often defined as the science and art of biblical interpretation. Okay? Hermeneutics is considered a science because it has rules, and these rules can be classified in an orderly uh, system. Uh, hold on. Oh, yep. So uh, we must be trained and to adhere to the rules of interpretation, okay? So it is considered an art because, it, because communication is flexible and therefore a mechanical and rigid application of rules will sometimes distort the true meaning of communication. To be a good interpreter, uh, one must learn the rules as well as the art of applying those rules, okay? 
Um, so how do you do that? You do that by practicing, okay? So um, you're not gonna get it all at once uh, as you continue to study and as you continue to read and dig deeper. Um, it's a practice uh, to, by uh, using hermeneutics. And so um, these are tools that I'm about to give you that you can use during your, your, your private and personal Bible study, okay? So let's see here. <coughs> I don't have that part. So it is commonly thought that the surface, no, no, let me go here. Yep, because I, I added this slide last minute. So um, the definition that I gave you all was just hermeneutics. And so a lot of literature use, they have their own type of hermeneutics. So this here is biblical hermeneutics. So biblical hermeneutics is the art, science, and spiritual act. Okay, so hermeneutics is just the art and science, but biblical hermeneutics is the art, science, and spiritual act. Okay, we understood that in order to get the mind of Christ, we need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit cleaves or holds tightly to the secrets of the word, and he is not going to just give it to anybody. Okay, and we talked about that in order to get to the mind of Christ, the first step that you have to do, have to achieve is, is to be saved. Okay, and then from there, um, you have to really dedicate your life to uh, uh, to Jesus Christ as Him being the Lord over your life. And so, um, the, a quote from John Calvin it says, "The Holy Spirit so cleaves to His own truth as He has expressed in Scripture, and that then only exerts and puts forth His strength." when the word is received with due honor and respect. And so this is saying that uh, the Holy Spirit, he's not just going to um, give the secrets of the word just all willy-nilly. He holds and he cleaves to it. And then he decides um, when he's going to give you illumination. Um, one thing I'm grateful of is that the, that the Holy Spirit just doesn't give you everything all at once. He controls the illumination. He controls what you know. He is like a, um, what we call in the industry world, we call it a drip. And so the, the Holy Spirit, he gives you little by little by little. He, he illuminates the light, uh, he, uh, little by little by little, um, at his discretion. Okay, so we can't force illumination. The Holy Spirit decides when you're ready to receive um, illumination, and it's the levels to it as well. Okay, all right, let's get back. So it's commonly thought that the surface meaning of the biblical text is sufficient, and that this meaning is available to any sincere searching person. Okay, so um, in this sentence here, it says, in other words, um, you may come against someone that thinks is not necessary. Um, to do this type of studying that we're doing. Um, like I've been emphasizing um, past few weeks, like you don't have a lot of churches. There are some, but you don't have a lot of churches that are really teaching the members uh, hermeneutics and teaching them how the Bible came to be and giving them study tips and things like that because they feel like this is not really necessary as long as you come to church on Sunday and Wednesday. Um, that should be sufficient. But if we want to um, become stewards of his word, if we want to really grow in Christ, then um, we have to adhere to the process that God has laid out for us, okay? Um, and so um, if we want to go deeper, we have to labor in this, okay? So uh, we have already um, understood um, that accepting Jesus Christ as our personal savior is the door okay, to understanding scripture. So in other words, you may be sincere, but if you're not saved, you may search endlessly, um, but can never know the truth, okay? Jesus said, why do you not understand my language? Um, because you are not able to listen to my word. He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, um, you do not hear because you are not of God, okay? So um, you can hear the word or whatever, but you won't be able to understand um, the word without the Holy Spirit, okay? All right. Um, go here. You know, that makes so much sense because people always talk about how if the devil and them had understood God's word, they wouldn't have crucified or, had the, or stirred up the people to crucify Christ. 
if they had really understood the word. That's a saying. That's what people say, but I'm just saying that just brought that home to me. Right, because they they don't understand the fact that he had to be crucified. (laughs) He had to, yeah, (laughs) in order to be the perfect sacrifice or whatnot. They don't understand why, you know, why they had to do that, why they got to kill somebody or whatever. Um, But that secret is not revealed to them. So, yes, like you said, they had, they had, he had to be crucified or whatnot. So, uh, so um, before I get to this slide here, uh, the door um, into interpretation is becoming a spiritual person and you um, get, you get there by accepting the finished work of Jesus Christ. Like we just said, Um, you have the capacity to understand the things of God. Okay. Uh, We do not want to keep you at a continuous stage of just being fed. Okay. I know that um, throughout our church experience, that's what we, that's what we do. We come to church to be fed and, and the, the types of people that need to be fed are what babies. And we want to grow you up. Okay. We want to grow you up to the point where you're able to feed yourself. Okay. So in church, we're, we're giving you the tools, we're giving you the know-how. And so that when you're, um, when you're studying by yourself, you're able to receive the same illumination that clergy receive, that pastors receive. Okay. It's not just for an elite group of people, but, uh, the, the word of God, the illumination is available to those who are diligently seeking him. Okay. So uh, let's go to this slide. But even for true believers, more often than not, what first appears to be what the text is saying may not be the meaning that the Spirit of God is trying to oppress on us. It is not enough to know the words of the text. We must know the principle of the meaning that these words carry for the community of faith at the time which um, they are first written and for our time. So this becomes at times a challenge since we, since, uh, since the Bible, since the Bible in so many places speak of knowing the word of God. So here is our first rule. Whenever the text uh, mentions the word of God, we know that it really means the principle of the word of God. Okay. You can quote scriptures all day long, but if you don't know the principle behind that word, then you're just you because the scripture says uh david says what thy word have i hidden in my heart that i might not sin against him the 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 thing that is constraining him from sinning against god is that he understands what the word is saying okay i know that you all met people who quote scriptures and all that stuff but yet they still doing what they want to do but they can quote scriptures so they don't have an understanding because once you receive an understanding of what that word is saying that word should transform you and constrain you from sinning against God, okay? So it's important for us um, as, we, as we've been learning, like the, the word, the words, our English language is flawed. So it's important for us to understand the principle behind the word, okay? And there's nothing wrong quoting, but I want you to understand that you have to also know the principle and the concept behind the word, okay? All right. Um, let's go to the next one. But this also raises our first problem. Sometimes the word of God and the principles of the word of God are one and the same, and sometimes they are not. So how do I know the difference or how, or, um, can I know the difference? And the answer is yes. Okay. Um, so we are covenant partners with the Holy Spirit in the interpretation of biblical texts. Okay. So example of this, of, of, of knowing, of, of knowing God's word is, is in Acts 8. I believe some of you all are familiar with the story, but I won't be uh, presumptuous. Um, in Acts 8, we see Philip interpreting the Old Testament, uh, to the Ethiopian eunuch. Okay. So without an interpreter, um, Isaiah 53 uh, will probably be remain a closed chapter to the Ethiopian, okay? So he needed some hermeneutics. He needed to be taught the word of God. But the thing that the, the Ethiopian eunuch was missing is that the fact that he was not saved, okay? So we know that um, by looking at the scripture, when you start studying this, I want you to study this um, after the class. We understand that 
the Ethiopian eunuch was a religious person. Why? Because he had the scriptures. And, um, and according to background, no, no Ethiopian pagan would have access to, uh, to the scriptures if they weren't, uh, let's see, unless he was a proselyte. Okay, so let me explain what a proselyte is. A proselyte is a Gentile or a pagan that was converted to Judaism. Okay, so that means that they went through they went through um, they went through circumcision. They um, converted over to uh, Judaism. So he has he has the scriptures. Okay, and so um, in this time in Acts eight. The requirement for salvation was what? To believe in the finished work of Jesus Christ. So when you start reading in Acts 8, Philip begins to preach to the Ethiopian eunuch. And so from the preaching, he becomes saved. Okay? And so that's when Philip began to explain the text. And then the Ethiopian eunuch, he was like, well, there's some water. Can I be baptized? Now, with baptism, baptism is not connected to salvation, okay? We've been taught uh, throughout churches that you must be baptized in order to be saved and all that stuff. According to scripture, baptism was connected to discipleship. It was an outer expression that showed the people that you were a follower, okay? So it had nothing to do with salvation. It was more to do with discipleship, okay? So, so in that, Paul, not Paul, Philip began to preach to the Ethiopian eunuch. Um, since then he, because now he received the Holy Spirit and now he has the capacity to, to understand and to read scripture, okay? And so uh, let me finish that sentence here. Uh, but notice Philip interpret the passage um, in light of his own criterion, the gospel of divine grace in Jesus Christ. Okay, so let's see here. In the hermeneutical task, we should focus on what scripture intends to teach us. The starting point to achieve this task is first determining what the Holy Spirit intended to say to the people at the time of the text. Okay, so we have to follow order and conduct an exegesis, okay? So in a few minutes, we're gonna talk about what's the exegesis and exposition and all that stuff, which is determine what it meant originally, okay? Uh, may, I, may I ask that the person who's typing- Let me see, let me, um, no, let me- let me, oh, that's me. Sorry, let me mute, <laughs> mute everybody. All right. Yep, that's on. Okay, so we should be good now. Um, yep, okay. So um, where was I at here? Okay, the starting point to achieving this task, first determining what the Holy Spirit intended to say um, to the people at the time of the text, okay? So that's doing um, exegesis, learning about what the text meant to them at that time, okay? So we have to follow order and conduct the exegesis, um, which, determ which is determined uh, what it meant originally. So we have been learning that you must follow observation. This is what the book is teaching. Uh, Rick Warren book is teaching. You must observe what's going on in the text. You must uh, then interpret what's going on to, in the text and then uh, come up with application. The Holy Spirit will give you application on what you need to do with the text, okay? So we've been taught in church that we should go from observation to application, and they never fully interpret and never do a full exegesis of the text. Um, and so, uh, but we have to figure out what it meant to the human author and what it meant to the original reader. So we have to drill down in order to really get the mind of God. So if that foundation, going back to the slide, if that foundation is not accurately laid, then the doctrine or system of teaching that is subsequently built may likely be faulty and even dangerous, okay? But after the foundation is properly laid, then we are ready to search uh, for his intended teaching aimed at the church during the point and, and, and uh, during this, uh, during this point in time in history, okay? 
go here. Hold on. So the Bible is not a, just a systematic set of rules that are more or less self-evident. Instead, it is more like a mine that yields this precious metal only after a careful and painstakingly search. So when we're when we're looking at scriptures, when we're digging in scripture, um, it is definitely um, I, I I consider it a joy, and I consider it just as like a treasure hunt because you 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 constantly dig. And then you find you start to find gold. You start to find meaning on what the um, what the scripture is saying. And so, uh, and so, yeah. All right. So, any questions about that? I know I kind of threw out a lot or whatnot, but basically, biblical hermeneutics is the interpretation, uh, finding the background of the scripture, um, knowing what it meant to the original audience and the historic, you know, the historical audience and what the author um, really meant about uh, about the scripture and things like that. So any questions before I hop into the next slide? So we're good? Okay. So since you're gonna give us a quiz next week, <laughs> um, <laughs> is exegesis that part where you pull out the meaning at the time Yes, yes. Written, and mm -hmm. then hermeneutics is adding the Holy Spirit and all that. Right. Else. So I'm gonna um give you all an acronym that that really that really will help you to understand um hermeneutics, okay? Um so hold on, let's hop into here real quick and then after this one we'll go to to, to the um, acronym, okay? So exegesis, so in classical theology, biblical interpretation entails both exegesis and exposition. So in short, exegesis is the process to discover the original intent of the author, while exposition is the work of assessing the significance of the text both for its time and for ours, okay? So the objective of exegesis is to determine things like um, grammatical or historical meaning of the text. Uh, but we must not stop there. We need to go on to the synthesis level, uh, which is relating to the text to a central meaning of the Bible, and then application, which relates to the text to our situation. So hermeneutics and exegesis, they play hand in hand, okay? Um, so what does, all, what does this all really mean? So the true meaning of biblical text does not rest within the human interpreter, nor with the community of faith, nor with church tradition, but with the Holy Spirit. So it, I don't, it, don't, it don't matter what your pastor may say about what the, what the scripture means, it don't matter what your, your mother taught you throughout the years, your parents or whatever, uh, your final authority must lie in what the Holy Spirit says about the text. Okay, and so that's very hard because we've been we've been um, in in church for so long, and we've been under the church tradition for so long, um, looking at a certain text and getting hearing what the meaning is. But when we decide to actually study that thing, um, it mean, it means something totally different. And so I, a lot of people they wrestle. They wrestle with what they what they think they know. They wrestle with church tradition. Um, and so um, it takes a it takes a yielding. It takes time uh, for us to be conformed and for us to 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 really lay all that stuff down and to really hear what the Holy Spirit has to say about a word. Okay. Go uh, back. Yeah. Huh? Go back one slide. I want to see something. Yeah, there we go. Did I miss something somewhere? Oh, there it is. I'm not my panda Now remember the slides are in the Dropbox. Amen. I know, but I'm gonna write something down or so. Okay. <laughs> All right. You good? Yep. Okay, cool. Uh, so as people of faith, we are obligated to labor in search of God's word uh, with the let's see with the hope that he desires to be found, okay? We still study God's word in a spirit of reverence, um, but now we should rely on the tools of research to clarify the language of the text. 
it should no longer be treated as irreverent to the subject biblical writings uh, to scientific or rational scrutiny. Uh, we call this criticism, not fault finding in sense, but incisive uh, examination or evaluation. So this is not just to point out the flaws. This is not just to criticize the word, but this method here is to help you to understand what the scripture really means, okay? All right, so here is an acronym that, um, that was taught to me, and I, and I find this really helpful when, uh, when studying the text. These are some principles that you should keep in mind, okay? So we call it C.W. Gibbs, okay? And so the C um, is context. So never try to interpret scripture without knowing the context of the scripture, okay? Um, there are many rules when it comes to context. Context has many strands. So you must understand the historical context. You must understand the cultural context, the background and the logical context, okay? Um, the W um, is word. So what a word means in specific time period, okay? So we understand that like with the, with the word love, we understand that um, in the Greek language, there are four types of word for love or whatnot. So we need to know what, when you see the word love, what in the world are they really talking about? And so um, you have no thought unless words are put together. So it could mean something else based on life experience. So what we want to do is to get God's thoughts about that word, okay? So context helps us know uh, context help us know um, the meaning of the word, also looking at the origin of the word. So it may mean one thing in English, but it may mean something else in Hebrew or Greek, okay? Um, the G is grammar, okay? You always got to be mindful um, about grammatical marks, okay, when you're reading scripture, okay? It tells you um, on how to interpret that thought, and it's also important uh, to learn the original language of the text as well. So like this week I was in, I was in class and we were looking at a scripture and we all were interpreting it wrong because we were looking at the grammar of the sentence rather than looking at the whole context of, of the scripture. And so once we realized the context of the scripture, the grammar in which they use in scripture, it made more sense. And so you have to, when you're looking at scripture, you have to um, use these principles um, in order to really, you know, drill down of, of what the scripture is saying, okay? Um, author's intent, okay? So these are two separate studies. So we know, so we have to know what each author meant and the intentions uh, when, they, when they wrote the book, okay? So we have a divine author and we have a human author. So divine author is God, right? And our human author is whoever, you know, wrote the letter, wrote the book. So there are like over 40 authors. And so we have to understand the reasoning why they wrote the book. And so like, for instance, for in the, the book of Matthew, he wrote the book um, to share with the Jew, the Jewish people to show them that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. Okay. And so you have to, um, once, once you understand why they wrote the book and the audience that they were writing for, it makes a whole lot more sense when reading the book, okay? Um, B is background. You learn the situation behind the scripture. So if we don't know the situation behind the scripture, we are going to be vulnerable to lean on our own understanding, okay? So uh, when you're looking at background, I don't think I put that in slide, no. When you're looking at background, um, there are some tools that you can use. You can use encyclopedias, you can use dictionaries, you can use handbooks in order to understand the background of scripture. There are um, books, Old Testament survey book we've been throwing out there that we're encouraging you all to purchase, the New Testament survey. So it's just giving you, it's setting up the background, setting up the scene so you can understand what was going on politically, what was going on culturally, historically, and things like that. And so um, it's definitely to, to it's definitely important to know what's going on in the background. And so the last is scripture. And so when, when you start looking at scripture, you begin to understand that scripture will start interpreting scripture. Scripture will start proving scripture. And so we have to understand um, scripture when we're when we're reading 
uh, reading the Bible and things like that, okay? So there is an online resource that I want to show you all. Let me um, end this. I don't know if you all are familiar with Bible Hub. Um, can you all see my browser, website browser? Yes. Okay. So this is Bible Hub. This is a tool that I like to use um, to get commentary, to look at different versions of the Bible and things like that. It's very, it's a very robust tool. It is a very good tool to use. Okay. So it gives you all types of versions. You got the New Living Translation, the English Standard, the Berean Study, the New American. You got all types of versions that you can look at. Okay. Um, when you go down further, um, when you go down further, you see um, some more tools here. So you got the Apocrypha. Let me hold on here. Let me zoom in. All right, there we go. You got the um, Apocrypha, the books that are not included in our canon. You got maps, you got Bible commentary, things like that. And so when we're doing the uh, topical study method, this, the method that I'm about to go over, you can use Bible Hub uh, to get your cross-reference scriptures and things like that, okay? So um, if you want um, a parallel Bible, when you're looking at the synoptic gospels, when you're looking at Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you could just click on parallel gospel right here and it's listed by uh, by subject or by by title so if you want to see the birth of jesus in bethlehem you're able to see let's see that luke only talks about the birth of jesus in bethlehem okay and then say you want to uh look at uh, the time of beginning of john's preaching you see that only mark and luke only talks about it and so um when you look at a parallel um scripts this this parallel tool here is it's it's uh it helps you uh to under to to know what books of the bible we're talking about various subjects and things like that so i encourage you all to to look at that as well um some other tools here let me see here uh, what happened Oh, there it is. I went too far down. Okay. And so there are um, some concordance here. It has um, a number of concordances. If you ever looked at a concordance, I encourage you just to play around, just to see what it is or whatnot. Um, well, there are, like I said, there are a lot of tools here that you can use to really help you study, um, to study the Bible. Okay. Um, and so for instance, with the topical, say you want to talk, say I want to do love. And so you just come up here and type in love and then you hit enter. And then it gives you uh, variations of love. So you want to talk about love fruits, finding love, real love, you know, um, vaulted not, unconditional love, family love. You can choose that way or whatnot. Um, say if you, you just want to know about love in the Old Testament, so you come right here and just click on Old Testament, and it gives you the scriptures that mentions love, okay? And then say you want to um, select love, uh, Hosea 3 and 1. So you got the various versions and what the scripture says, and then over here you have the cross-references, so other, other scriptures that mentions love in this sense here so um and then we, once you go down let's see here you got the lexicon uh knowing the knowing the word this is when you do the word study of it and so you you come here show love and so you you see that it says strong 157 you go to um strong 157 um and then you're able to to see the occurrences, where, where do I find this type of love that they're talking about and things like that. And so it's a very robust uh, online resource. Um, I know that Rick Warren, he talks about, you know, purchasing all these books uh, and it, it can become pricey purchasing books. I do encourage you to purchase hard copies because this week, uh, I believe it was uh, Marquise, he, po he posted on his page 
um, about the uh, the whole thing with the new international version and English English um, standard version. And Tammy tagged me in it and asking my opinion. And um, I don't know if you all remember when we were talking about versions and people having their own secret agendas when the um, when the Obama administration passed the the law with the gay rights immediately the new international version or the harper's Collins publication they began to change scripture to make it seem like it was okay to live a homosexual lifestyle and so they began to alter the electronic version of the book so this is why i i root for hard copies because you can't change a hard copy and so then you begin to see a lot of these people's agendas out here. They, they want to appease the people as much as possible. So that's another reason just to get hard copies or whatnot. Okay. All right. Any questions about this um, online tool? I, I encourage you all to play with it. It's a lot and it's, it's uh, very helpful. Uh, you get the Hebrew text, you get, like I said, commentary parallel you can um put it up against other versions and things like that so anybody have any questions about it even get your sermons printed out for you <laughs> get your <laughs> sermons but you want to approve text them sermons okay you, you better you better <laughs> you will get up there and be like oh this don't make this don't make a drop of sense uh-huh you just hit print and all of a sudden you got this weird sermon. Yeah, don't want to do that or whatnot. So yeah, it's a very, it's a very good tool. Um, there's other tools out there like the Olive Tree, uh, Logo Study Bible, uh, Study Software. That's uh, that's kind of I think it was pricey. I think it's free now, but it was pricey when I was coming up. Um, I sound old saying that. Um, but yeah, there are. <laughs> A lot of tools out there. So, any uh, any questions or? I didn't say um, with the thing that Marquise posted. Also, it was more so that the NIV didn't have a word that was like in King James, but with, with the Vulgate, we know mm -hmm. that some uh, authors added scripture because of the interpretation. So, yeah really in the original um, manuscript of the Bible. So some things that we um, quote as scripture is not in the original scripture. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I can't think of on top of my head as a Luke passage um, that's only available, um, I think in the, Vol in, in the King James that's not available in other versions because it's something that they added or whatnot. So yeah, you will see that. Um, in these versions, they begin to add, and they'll they'll put a footnote and let you know like this was added because of blase blase, and so yeah, that's something that we must keep in mind too. Okay, they change words. Um, they added um, instead of saying shepherd, they used the word pastor. Um, I just bought a um, a chronological study Bible, and I've been wanting this Bible for a long time, and it was kind of pricey, but I I go I went ahead and bought it. And um, it was the New Living Translation. And I was reading it, and then I was reading Corinthians, and they used the word Christian. And I was just so floored because Christianity wasn't established until 200 years, two, yeah, about 200 years after the book of Corinthians was written. And so that's all you see, like Christian women should do this and all that stuff. But uh, when, when you study Christian, Christian, the word Christian, that was given to the people by unbelievers. And so they were calling them like them daggone Christians. They starting stuff and all that stuff. So it was like the equivalent of saying the N-word. So it wasn't a good word to use or whatnot. And so the establishment of Christianity, they just kind of just went with the word. The establishment of Christianity uh, happened about 312 AD, 200 years after these scriptures were written. So I was just kind of floored, but I'm not surprised at the same time because it is the agenda of whatever the publisher is trying to prove at that time. Okay. So, yeah. Um, so any other questions, comments? Elder, uh, Professor Elder, what's your, what's your favorite or your preferred um, translation? I don't have but one. Because the, the King James Version is the only real Bible. 
Oh, yes, you will hear that in church. Yes, you will. If you don't say, thus saith, you are you do not have the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and so um, <laughs> and so I, I don't have a favorite translation. I encourage you not to have a favorite translation. And because of the fact that um, once you read various translations, it said it says different things or whatnot. Like when I I used to love the um, Amplified Bible. I use the New American Standard Bible. Um, so those are the, kind of the two that were my favorite. I, I started to look at the English Standard Version or whatnot, but I encourage you all not to be solely dedicated to one version. Definitely begin to open yourself up to looking at various versions on what they're saying, okay? Why do you say used to for the Amplified? um i don't know i just kind of gravitated away it was just it was nothing with it um that that pushed me away um i actually i kind of like the amplify because it'll give you certain words and then it'll give you like a uh, more uh, words for that word or whatever and Mm -hmm. so there's nothing wrong with i just kind of um when i was um being taught um about the bible um I, I was taught that the uh, New American Standard is the closest Bible to use um, when you're getting the Greek and Hebrew, translate from Greek and Hebrew, they were the most accurate. So that's the only reason why I gravitated towards the New American Standard. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with Amplify. I like it. Um, it's like a historic Bible, very wordy. I have a question for you, Elder Nana. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) When we were doing studies back at Sharonville, and I believe his name was Ron, was teaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was teaching us the difference between some word, I believe, um, translate, uh, not translation, what's the word he used? Some word direct. um, Yeah, that's, yeah. So which ones, do you have a copy of that for which ones he told us um, were, tra- you know, it was just like groups of words and what were actually the words that were transferred over? Do you, do you still have that? Word translation versus um, like a phrase by phrase. Phrase by yeah, phrase. That's a, yeah, that was it. Okay, let me share my screen again. I'm about to pull it up here. So this is right. my, my vault of lessons. So hold on, let me, let me get through it real quick. Um, let's see. Some of that is in this book. Yes, yes. Um, but I have a chart that I um, that I um, gave in the introduction to the Bible class. Um, let's see here. Here it is. Uh, might be in lesson two. That's the canons. Getting close. That's the four. Nope. Let me see here. I it's a certain. No, that's not it. Shoot. Ah, here it is. Okay. So this chart, I'll drop it in the Dropbox so you all can get it. So it tells you um, certain certain versions of the Bible that translate word from word, um, certain books that uh, that do phrase by phrase, and some books that do meaning by meaning and things like that. So um, these are some some books that you know some versions that you can you know just look at or whatnot. So I'll make sure to drop this in the Dropbox so you all can see it, okay? Okay, cool, thank you. So this will you. definitely help you all. I have a question for uh, you, sure. Pastor, and Pastor Sunday. Oh, okay, the pastor, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, when you all are, um, I'm, so as you, you said that you don't really have a favorite version, um, my, my question to you is, um, you always, how do you, like when you're studying the different versions um, for your sermon prep, how do you decide which which um, which um, version you want to use 
in your sermons, like in your in your sermon prep? Like, you know, do you do you get um, do you feel like using a lot of different versions um, for your sermon prep will kind of confuse the people, or like how do you how do you do that? For me, because of what we were being taught, especially started back in Sharonville, I only utilize the NASB when I get up. Uh, I just, once we came into, like, somebody was really like, hey, we need, you know, consider word for word. Because I remember the first time when Ron just destroyed the King James. I was just Man. like, you know, we were all in class like, bruh. So, and we asked him, like, what do you use? And we talked about the difference. So I gravitated because where I came from, uh, Pastor Martin used NA, nah, he used New King James. So for seven years, all I heard was that. So it took me a minute to get out of that. So for me, because of my place at the Revival Center and what I'm doing, for all of us, I only use NASB when I get up. I might, you know, quote from something else because I found the way it was said was interesting. But just for me, and when I get up before you all, I'm using NASB just because, you know, I'm just like, A, it's something we all talked about. It's central and it will kind of, you know, keep us unified. But when I'm studying, I might utilize different versions. But y'all will only hear me go from that if that makes sense if i'm saying that right yeah i love the new living translation i love the new living translation from the publication of tinsdale um i once i was in love with the amplified version mm -hmm. and at that point in time with me of my choice is when i read the word of god when it breathes life and i'm getting so much uh, uh, uh understanding out of it then that's the particular, that would be the particular Bible I would stick with. Now, like I said, now I'm at, uh, I love the New Living Translation. Uh, I study from that. I preach from that. Everything that I draw is from the New Living Translation, the, the Tinsdale publication. And that's because it breathes life when I read it. Okay. Yeah, I, I'll say um, for me, Elder Lindsay, um, like my husband, he actually, he loves to come from, the King James version typically, but for, for me, it was, I knew my audience typically would at, at my church was young adults. Um, and I recognized that, um, they did not, at that time, they did not, a lot of us grew up hearing a lot of these scriptures and actually didn't have any understanding of it. So just like minister Hawkins just said, um, I like, I liked to preach from the new living translation because I felt like um, the language was easier to understand. Mm -hmm. And I knew that as I was preaching, I could, I could go through, you know, the actual hermeneutics to actually say what was going on. And I, I mean, they'll, you know, you can look back at videos and I'll say, you know, right here, this particular, you know, word or whatever is a mistranslation. It actually should be X, Y, and Z. So while I may have preached from the new living translation, I still gave the whole, Round of the thing, and my other thing is, I just never wanted a young person to be to pick up a Bible out of my bag and not understand what what was being said. So that was my reason for always um, having that New Living Translation on me. Um, and I just started to recognize that I did it particularly for young people. But then I recognized that there are some seasoned saints that had no idea what the scripture actually meant. Um, so that's why I just, I use the, I use the New Living Translation. I always have one of those with me. Um, and now I actually, I pretty much study out of the Holman Christian Standard um, version and then, you know, a bunch of different other ones. But, um, but I always have NLT in my bag. Yeah. And another reason why I did join the NASB because I didn't, once I, came to the truth of I don't understand a lot of what King James is saying so I was like studying these words and so now I just spent an hour two hours trying to figure out what these words mean and then in another translation 
they don't already place the appropriate English word in the text for me, if that makes sense. So I can go back and still make sure they're utilizing the word, but at least for me, just in that NASB, that Greek word and what that word, you know, would mean when I look it up, it's already in the text. So that was very helpful for me. So I'm not trying to figure out when the Bible started talking about the bowels and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay, the bowels. Great. You know, <laughs> bird and what it meant was already there. So I can still go research the word, but it didn't just throw me off right away. Like, what? Right. You know, I like yeah. King James because it allows for you to get your own interpretation. I do encourage other people like to read uh, a more suitable version. But for me, I like to get my own revelation before I get somebody else's revelation. And then maybe I can compare my revelation to something else. Yeah, so at the end of the day, it's, it's like what you're comfortable with. So if you have a preference, King James, New Living, all that stuff, that's good or whatnot. Um, so it's just basically whatever's comfortable for you. But when you're studying, I encourage you all to, to look at various versions so you can see, you know, what they're saying and things like that. And um, uh, Pastor brought up a good, a good point um, about, uh, you know, with King James uh, and you're looking up words and things like that, there are versions that already have done the work for you. So I encourage you just to have maybe one Bible from each, from each column, a Bible that gives you word from word, a, 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 a Bible that gives you meaning by meaning, um, a Bible that gives you phrase by phrase. And so like, mm -hmm. I, sometimes I like reading the message Bible just to get like, okay, what they talking about? Cause the message will give you kind of a worldly, you know, uh, interpretation <laughs> or whatnot. And, uh, mm -hmm. So everybody kind of frowns when message, but I, I like it because it just it's funny. <laughs> you know where I uh, first got the message Bible? Zion Global. That makes a lot of sense, don't it? So uh, <laughs> read that in there. That was funny. I used the I used the message on on, on the street. Right on the street. Right. <laughs> I use that on the street now. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah so it's just yeah you know just explore other versions man if you have your favorite that's fine you know i'm not you know discourage you or whatnot but i just want y'all to you know be open for that as well quickly we have to finish uh the topical method that is the next assignment um that we have to to do um we so any um, other questions about versions and things like that? I'm pretty good about that. But if you all have any questions or things like that, just just hit us up. Hit anybody up and we'll help you through it, okay? All right, so topical method of Bible study. So the topical method of Bible study um, involves uh, selecting a biblical subject and tracing it through a single book. So this is on page, I believe it was 115 of your book. Uh, yep from either the Old Testament or the entire Bible in order to discover what God says about the topic, okay? Uh -huh. um, this method is important uh, for the reasons listed in the textbook, but I believe that it is important to remind Bible students right here to be careful about both interpretation and application when attempting to do a topical Bible study, okay? For instance, um, if you were conducting a study of prophecy, you will do well um, to recognize uh, that the Old Testament usage of the concept is totally different from the New Testament usage in some significant way. So in the end, um, sound hermeneutic principles must be understood and adhered uh, here to when doing this kind of study, okay? So uh, why this method is important, it enables us to study the word of God systematically, logically, and in an orderly manner. It gives us the proper perspective and balance regarding biblical truth. We get to see the whole of the Bible, biblical teaching. It allows us to study subjects that are, are of a particular interest to us. It enables us to study the great doctrines of the Bible. It lends us to uh, good and lively discussions. The results of a topical um, study are always easy to share with others. Uh, and also it allows us a variety in our lifetime commitment to personal Bible study. The number of topics in the Bible 
that we can study is almost limitless, okay? So um, in order to conduct a more effective topical Bible study, there are three suggestions offered in the text. Make sure you be systematic. Um, don't try to study in the Bible a haphazard way. Um, so make a, a list of things related to your topic um, and make it comprehensive and complete as possible. Um, be thorough. Uh, the only way to know everything God has to say on this topic is to go through the entire Bible and find all the passages on this, on this topic and be exact, okay? So try to get the exact meaning of every verse you study. Be sure to examine the context of each verse to avoid misinterpretation, okay? So here the, in the book, it gives you six steps on how to do the topical study, okay? Um, and so in the, in the book, um, it gives you an example of how to do the um, topical study. And I gave you all the, um, and I gave you all Bible Hub, because that's definitely going to help you um, when you're doing um, the topical study, because in there, they're asking you to find various, um, various verses that talk about the topic that you chose and also to do a cross-reference um, of, of the book, I mean, of that, uh, of the uh, topic as well. And so um, the form is in the Dropbox, just in case you don't want to write in your book or whatnot. Um, and so this is uh, about six steps that you go through and it's very, very helpful with that. So I encourage you to definitely read that chapter. And then if you have any questions or concerns uh, when it comes to the topical study, definitely reach out um, to me and I'll help you as much as possible, okay? So any questions about that? I know I, I kind of just flew over that because we're running out of, out of time, but um, any questions about that? Um, I have one question about the um, amount of time we're gonna be in this study. Uh -huh. Frankly, I had settled in that you were gonna be teaching us for three months so that we could cover all 12 of these chapters but you're starting to skip around, so you're starting to make me nervous. Yes. You're not going to end this next week, are you? No. <laughs> okay. No, we have actually four more lessons after this. Okay. Because, um, like you said, I have a total of three months to teach, and so <laughs> we are doing uh, eight weeks of doing Bible, Bible um, study methods. Um, a lot of the, the ones that I'm skipping are, are good topic, um, good um, – methods but i'm just hitting the ones of importance or whatnot um like the topical and the thematic they kind of play on each other anyways and so that's why i just decided just to do the topical um okay. a character study i mean it is important but i want you all to i'm hitting the important ones or whatnot okay. yeah yeah so um yeah so like next week we're doing the word study method Okay. Next chapter or whatnot. So yeah, there's a, there's only we're gonna do at least uh seven or eight topics, um, but you def y'all definitely have the book to use uh to to learn the other methods or whatnot. So okay. All right. Any other questions or concerns? Good. All right, if there aren't any other questions, I will pray out. Um, oh, also, I always forget to mention this because um, it's been in the Dropbox since week, week one or two, and I just always forget to mention it. There is a um, sheet in the Dropbox of vocabulary words um, that, um, that are listed on there as far as like hermeneutics, dispensations, things like that, um, that you can. Um, do on your free time in order for you to really um, understand uh, what these words mean. So you, you have to look up the words, you know, put it in your own, put it in your own wording so that you're able to understand. I think it's in folder um, week three and I always forget to mention it. And so um, definitely on your free time, look at those type, look at those words, look them up so you're able to gain an understanding of it. Okay. So all right, so let's pray out. Father God, I have a quick question. Sure, sure. Um, although you're saying that the uh, lessons are in the Dropbox, 
Mm -hmm. uh, when I go to my Dropbox, it's saying that it's full and I can no longer put lessons in my Dropbox. Will there be a place on the website where I can just pull up or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I should have that up and running uh, sometime this week on the Institute page. So you can just go in and click on, on the lessons and pull them up that way. So yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay, cool. Cool. Baby. Let us pray out. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you, God, for being God and God alone. Thank you for this lesson, oh God. And I pray, oh God, that it just will help us to increase our capacity uh, when it comes to learning more about you, that we're able to get to the mind of God. We thank you, God, for your word, oh God. And we thank you that you allowed it to be um, readily available to us, oh God. We thank you, oh God, for just allowing us to, to get to know more about you, God. Uh, we thank you, God, for our relationship with you, God, that you uh, wanted to establish with us, oh, oh God. So we thank you, oh God, that you are, um, that you sent the Holy Spirit to um, help us, oh God, and to teach us and to illuminate your word, Father. And so, God, I pray that we will continue to lean on the Holy Spirit, oh God. And I thank you for those, God, that you brought to the Revival Center to help equip the saints, that we are able to understand um, how to lean and depend on the Holy Spirit. And so, God, um, I thank you, oh God, for what you're doing. Thank you for those who don't even belong to the Revival Center and are coming online, um, for we are all about the body of Christ, oh God, no matter what local congregation that we, um, that we serve in, oh God, but at the end of the day, we serve um, the body. We serve Jesus Christ and Christ alone. So God, we lift you up and we honor you. Bless them in their study time. Allow them to uh, really take studying the, the Bible seriously to the point where that word begins to transfer them lives, their lives, oh God, and they realize they can't live without it, Father. So God, we lift you up. We bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. Thank you guys. You guys have a good one. You too. Love you guys. Mm -hmm. Bye. 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 Bye.